Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. the middle of another seemingly interminable international break, uh, something you've probably heard on every single uh, Liverpool or basically just Premier League-related podcast that you've listened to for the last month. So guess what? You get to hear that cliche again here on the uh, American Anfield Index podcast. I'm your host, Justin Wells, and with me as always are my uh, my trusty colleagues, Kev Hegarty. Hey, Justin, what's going on? Not too much. And then coming to us from the furthest south end of the I-95 corridor between New York and Philadelphia here. Joey Connors. What's up, Joss? How are you, man? Doing all right. So, gentlemen, it's uh, it's Thanksgiving week. So uh, I think uh, it's time that we actually, you know, before we get into this podcast, just say something, say something football related that we're really thankful for. Uh, so I guess, uh, Kev, we're going to go to you first. What, do, what, do, what are you thankful for uh, in, from a, in a football related sense for this season so far? Um, what am I thankful for? I'm thankful for uh, Michael Edwards. Um, having him in some semblance of power in our football club. Labs um, dork. <laughs> well, that's what I am as well. And I'm thankful for Jurgen Klopp because <laughs> he makes me laugh pretty much every interview, um, whether we win or – I was going to say win or lose, but whether we win or draw this Premier League season. Um, and I'm thankful for Virgil van Dyke. All right, Joey, what, what are you thankful for at this moment football-wise? Uh, first and foremost, thankful for being in second place at the moment. Uh, it's nice to be where we're at. We're fighting against a mighty beast in city. Um, we'll see what happens. Second thing I'm thankful for, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, Michael Edwards is great, but I know it's a whole team. The better recruitment. Um, that's something I harped about. As you guys know, you probably annoyed the shit out of you guys forever. Just bringing better players in, spending more money. Um, able to spend more money. I'm happy about that. And I'm really happy to see Joe Gomez developing into a top, top center back. Really, really, really like, I love watching young players step up and I'm, I'm glad that's what he's doing. So I'm thankful for, uh, Jorginho Wijnaldum's uh, stepping up and really trying to show, showing everybody that he, uh, you know, the midfielder and player that he is. Uh, I'm always going to be happy for, happy for Virgil van Dyke, but I'm also, you know, happy for, uh, Allison Becker at having a goalkeeper that doesn't frighten me every single time the ball comes near him. And I think last but not least, uh, you know, being an American Anfield Index podcast, I'm thankful for the fact that it seems like the Christian Pool is sick to Chelsea stories, uh, were fired off a little too quickly and that I don't <laughs> have to deal with that. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've told you guys before, if, I, I, if he goes there, it's crazy. He'll just get loaned out after a while because that's what they do with every one of their players. Um, but if he's not going to go to United, he's probably going to end up here. And the only reason he won't go to United is because they're such a mess. Yeah. And if they if they keep that moron, which I hope they do as their manager, he won't go there. Um, and I know that for a fact. And you guys know I'm not I'm not going to speak anything else on it, but. That's what's going to happen. Long live Jose Mourinho. Yeah. <laughs> so Mourinho, I actually, I actually don't think Mourinho is necessarily the problem. He, he's up. That's true. He's, he's a problem. He's not he's the problem. problem. Yeah. Ed Woodward it's, it's is the, the problem. It's the whole back. It's that. It's that whole group. Yeah. yeah. Ed, Wood, group Ed Woodward's and, the problem. And 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 the, their their philosophy of just collecting stars and not an actual team. Um, mm-hmm. It, it doesn't work. It, it, it's shown in every sport in the world. It doesn't work. So if they continue to do that, uh, they're going to continue to play like they are now. If they get smart, which I hope they do not, because they have the resources to compare, compete with City easily. But if they ever do get smart, 
they're going to be really good. But mm-hmm. let's hope they continue to be dumb. Do you, do you ever think, though, that maybe, like, from, from, solely to take away, like, the Liverpool color glasses and, you know, Kev, you, you, you this is less relating to you because I know that you root for, you know, three Lions due to uh, your patriarchal and matriarchal, uh, you know, lineage. <laughs> True. But, um, this play, this, like, having the ability to maybe play the insignia role that, that in, in, uh, in sorry system, do you think that may actually, though, help, uh, a player like Pulisic, uh, oh, develop? No, yeah, no question. I think it absolutely would. Yeah, like, if you think of those Napoli teams, he would fit perfectly there when sorry was there. Um, I just, I, I hate that team. Like, I just, everybody hates Chelsea. It seems like the genuine hate for Chelsea is, like every fan base hates them. Like I hate that Sari's there, and I hate that Jorginho's there because I like them both so much. <laughs> oh, they have, yeah, they, that's the thing. They have players I like. I like William too. I yeah, I've him. always liked right. William. So, uh, He's past it now, but I like, I like, yeah. I like Conte, especially after the football league story that was just yeah, that was about cool. him. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Yeah, where he refused to be paid through a shadow company. Like the problem is, is that like Sari might actually make them sort of likable. And just because of the fact that it is Chelsea and that fan base, um, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna resent it. Yeah, they're just despicable. Like I, I, like I hate United, and I, I will, everybody, everybody who roots for Liverpool, Liverpool hates United, and I know like people from Liverpool hate Everton, but they're just so irrelevant to like Americans that they just like, oh, okay, like that's great, we don't like you, but you're like. Come to the come to the grown up table when you're ready. You know, stay <laughs> at the just, kids' table. It is something. It's just something about sorry though, because I I like Ancelotti, but even when he was there, I wasn't like I didn't like watching Chelsea. I didn't like that team. I didn't like anything about it. Just something about this guy. He rem- I guess he reminds me of Jurgen Klopp in a way where they're kind of like a childlike mm-hmm. wonder towards the game. You know what I mean? And and that's what yeah. it is. Unfortunately, I, he's he's softening my dislike, but. I don't know how long he'll last because that place is just as volatile as United sometimes. So every single time that you think that he might be softening your dislike, just remember that if Chelsea um, win like you know a cup competition this year of any sort, that John Terry will go up to accept the trophy in full uniform. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no question. Yeah, and yeah. all the plot, him leaving of- helped gave helped their image a bit. <laughs> yeah, they still have a ton of players over the years that I've fucking hated. Yeah. So. Yeah. But you know that you know. Remember, they had Dickhead there too. Mourinho was there, and he was you know he won he won championships there. So I, I don't know. That was a oh four oh five team was fucking unbelievable. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know it it is what it is. I mean, I, I hate them. I just I just really hate them. And the funny thing is, is my favorite color is blue, and I fucking hate them. So <laughs> my favorite color is blue too. It's weird that I support the Reds, but I wear so much blue. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. same here. But, I, I live in New York City, so I'm contractually obligated to wear as much black as possible. <laughs> but you're also a Mets fan, so you have to wear blue at some point. You have to have jerseys and hats that have to be blue. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I just, I I, I actually just wear I actually wear just black to Mets games now because I feel like I'm going to the funeral of my soul. Yeah, they, that's <laughs> that's got to change eventually, my friend. The ownership is uh, they can't. Yeah, I feel for you. The Knicks is the same way, and, I, and that Knicks team is just. Yeah. Yeah. I know this is a soccer podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're the right kind of bad. But uh, speaking yeah, of, speaking of the right kind of good, our fullbacks. How's that for a transition? I like it. <laughs> I like it. So uh, uh, this this is, I think, a, a nice light topic before we get into some other ones, right? So right now we have really kind of two situations that occur at fullback, right? One where we do actually have depth in the form of Alberto Moreno, a player who's going to leave, and I think. Um, Depending upon where you fall, you actually realize that he's either, you know, a decent player, but not anything particularly great to he's god awful and should be fired out of a cannon that takes him straight back to Seville. Um, <laughs> there doesn't really seem to be any in-between positions on that, but basically he's a player who will take one out of, I don't know, every six or seven games from Robbo to keep him fresh. Uh, so I feel like maybe there's a consensus that the, uh, that the left back, at least we have, Depth there, although I guess the comfort in depth is, uh, it depends upon your perspective on things. And I do want to hear from you as your perspective on that. Uh, and, but on the, on the, at the right back position, we have a situation where we do have a full time specialist right back 
who's just very, very far out of favor in Nathaniel Klein, who's played one game in the last two seasons and looked quite poor in that display. Granted, it was only one game in the past two seasons, so it's tough to kind of drop someone in and expect them to, to play well under that circumstance. But then also it seems as if our, posi- our, our, our method of covering Trent Alexander-Arnold is to shift uh, Joe Gomez over and play either Joel Matip or Dejan Lovren at right, the right-sided center-back position. So it seems as if we have a weird fullback depth thing. Do you think that that's a position that we're actually, you know, that, you know, you would look to shop for and build better depth in? Or, and also then what do you make of that rotation on the right? So Joey, I'm going to come to you first. I guess, I guess let's look at the right side first. Uh, the, the Gomez shifting over. Cause I have a feeling that you probably really don't like it. I don't like it for, for obvious reasons. Um, one, I think he's been playing great center back and it helps to have one of the best center backs, if not the best center back in the world, Van Dyke, who was, who was going to help him. I mean, he's good to talk to him. You, we don't know what goes behind closed doors, but I, I'm sure they talk. I'm sure he shares tips. I'm sure he's helping a young kid like Gomez and Gomez, you know, it, I don't know. How does that help the team? If you shift Gomez out, right. And you bring Lovren and we know what Lovren is. And there's still people out there who strangely can, you know, you can support them, but they defend them. I, I just, I don't get that because he's, you can, he's always good for two to three hours a game. And when you play a good team, those two to three hours will lose you games. So I, I don't like shifting Gomez outright. Nathaniel Klein just seems to either have something going on with him personally, or he's injured and they're not telling us, or he just it doesn't, Klopp doesn't fancy him. Um, I do like Trent, but I've always said for a long time that I think Trent should be in the midfield at some point. I know people will completely disagree with that and say absolutely not, blah, blah, blah. But because of his vision and his passing ability and the way he can hit a ball, like, I, I just feel that I know he's, he's he's slight. I get that. He's a young kid. What's he, 19, 20? I mean, he, he could see, he'd certainly bulk up still. Um, but that's where he has to play for us. So on the right side, I, he's he's good but he's going to be inconsistent like any other young player is. So Klein, I mean, Klein's not an awful player, but it just doesn't seem like he's going to get game time. But, you know, there's nobody else to shoehorn out there. I mean, you know, Nathaniel Phillips, I don't even know what side he is, but um, he's not a guy that I would put out there and trust in a, in a first-team match. So I don't know what you do. I mean, right backs and left backs are so difficult to find, good ones, that, you don't even need like a great one. I just want somebody who's going to do the job. Like when people see when people see out Trent, Trent hit those passes and do the stuff he does, like that's not really the norm for right backs. You know, it, that's that's why I think his for me, if I was a coach, which I'm not, and I'm you know Jurgen Klopp knows way more about soccer than I'll ever know, but he for me he's ultimately a midfielder. At some point in his career, I think he should move there. That's obviously not now because. He doesn't fancy client, and I would not move Gomez out. So that would be my right side. And the left side, unless you want Kev to take the left side. No, no, go, go. You're, you're rolling. I'm not going to stop a man yeah. in the middle of a roll. I don't know uh, how you play left side. <laughs> so Andy Robertson's exactly what Klopp wants on the left side. He's been great for us. I mean, he's probably, if not the best left back in the Premier League, he's top two, top three. Um I don't have a problem with Moreno being backup. I don't want to. I don't want him as my starter. I just don't trust him in the in the times that I've seen him. I've seen too many errors in him. Um, and I know people like to use stats and like, oh, look, he does this, that, and the other thing. But I, that's fine, and you can do that. I have no issue with it. But I watch him play, and he, um, like Justin made a comment about Allison earlier. Like, when you watch him, you're just calm, you're relaxed, you know he's going to do the right thing. I'll never feel that way about Alberto Moreno, and maybe that's just because that's that's not his game. He wants to get forward, and he's got good attributes. So, and it does seem like he is off. They're not offering him a contract extension. So you're going to need to buy, or unless you, I don't know the youth system that well to say this kid can come up. I mean, that would help to save money. But we also got uh, Andy Robertson for nothing essentially. So I, I, you know, I'm okay at the moment for the left side. But again, like I already said about the right side, I would like to see. I, I just something is itches at me all the time that I want to see Trent in midfield somewhere. I just think he has it at some point in his career to play in midfield. So I don't know if he's the ultimate, um, you know, long-term answer, but that's really on the manager, not me. So we'll see. 
So, Kev, I'm, I'm going to throw a wrinkle into this before you get to a pun. Could you see any situation where actually our, our right back cover is, uh, no more, no more than the, uh, the Yorkshire, uh, Tevez, Mr. James Milner? <laughs> I wasn't even going to bring him into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I know we have, we, we have a Swiss player, but Milner's the Swiss Army knife, right? But, um, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to see that happen. Um, he'd do it and he'd probably do it decently well but uh we yeah i think we need we need cover on both sides on paper it looks great like if you write it down you're like oh look at all these players we got finally but uh you know obviously klein's out of favor and even when he's available he doesn't play right so clop ops for as you said with gomez um we have potential to play fabinho there but although i wouldn't like that either he's played right back for his national team a couple of times for Monaco. Um, he's decent in that position, but it's not the type of player you want in that position in a Klopp system. The problem is, is fullback in the modern game, as we're calling the modern game now, is probably one of, if not the most difficult position to buy for and to play because so much is asked of, of them. They should be skyrocketing prices for fullbacks, I think, because it's you need... Almost every team has fullbacks that join the attack and become, you know, like adjunct midfielders or even adjunct forwards. Um, and then you also need the ability to defend and have the speed and stamina to do, to get up and back every, all day long. So sometimes you're going to get players like Trent, who's obviously great going forward. He's great with the ball. He's as Joey said he's his his vision is is pretty awesome. It's all it's midfield level, and I know he played a bit of midfield when he was a, a youth. Um, well, he's still a youth, but when he was a youth player. Um, and but that may be detrimental a little bit in the defensive area. Like last year, he was excellent. Um, you can see when we played City that their whole game plan was just to send Leroy Sané against Trent and hope he messes up, and he never messed up. And and. That's a big reason why we beat them in the Champions League. Um, and, but then sometimes like this season, you see other teams still trying that and he does make the mistake or he puts the pass wrong or he, he just looks like, he looks like a young player who came forward very quickly and he's, I don't want to say regress, but he's taking a step back and, and young players tend to do that. They don't, they're not, there's not very a consistent rise. Um, I'm perfectly happy with him to be our starter for now. I believe, but I believe we need, Somebody as a backup player. I, I don't know if you would necessarily go out and buy a starter, but at least somebody who could compete. I mean, you always want to buy a starter, but somebody that could compete with Trent would be would be good. I, I don't like Gomez over there, although he does a good job. And I can't remember the game. I, I was thinking it was Arsenal, but it wasn't. Um, when Trent, I don't know if we took Trent off or we shift something in the back, and Gomez ended up becoming the right back, and we looked more dangerous um, when he was there. We were, maybe it was in the Champions League. I don't remember. But um, but yeah, and he's uh, he's got obviously attributes to do that, but he's more skilled as a center back, and I think we're finally seeing that now that he's he's a very well-rounded center back, a ball-playing center back, and and hopefully he continues to rise. And on the left side, sometimes you find that player like Andy Robinson who can do everything you need him to do. Um, he's fast, faster than sometimes I, I forget how quick he is. He's great going forward. He has a number of assists now. Um, he's got good vision. He likes linking up with the guys in front of him, but he'll also get back. Now, he's helped out a lot by having a great defender on the left side, but Robinson's also a great defender from what I can see. So, you know, that sort of left side's on lock. The problem, like you said, is the is the backup situation. Uh, I'm one of these people that thinks Moreno's a decent player um, and and has it, but you have to pick and choose when you're going to use him. And I think you always have to use him when Van Dyke is playing because if anybody else is there, um, we might be in a bit of trouble. Moreno c- tends to do some bonehead things, and sometimes you need somebody cleaning up his mess. Um, it may have to do with some, who's ever playing in front of him too. It may have to do with formation. Um, you know, if we if we play the double pivot, maybe Moreno can be use more in that situation because you have two shuttling midfielders are going to kind of cover the space that that's left behind. But I don't know. That's, that's for Klopp to decide. But yeah, it looks like he's going to run his contract out. So 
you know, we need somebody there as well. I don't know the setup in the U system. I remember there was that kid. Was he a left back or right back? The kid we bought from Manchester City, who's sort of a midfielder, but we were playing him as a wing back in the summer. Can't remember his name. Uh, I think it's right back, maybe. Camacho. Um, Camacho. Yeah, that's the one. Camacho. He's yeah. a midfielder, isn't he? He's a midfielder. He's, a, he's, but... a, he's like a right. He's he's a right sided player. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know what the story is on the left side, so it looks like yeah, that's got to be on the shopping list, but. The nice thing about the way the team is structured now is that we can kind of we need players, but we can kind of pick and choose where we need to be. We don't need to bulk by really anymore. And it's nice to have these little um like nitpicky conversations about positions for once instead of being yeah, like we is. need eight midfielders and two <laughs> center backs and yeah. So Although if we talk about midfielders, we we may have a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're not going to. But I think I think we can yeah. all probably agree with my final statement about our fullback before we move to our next topic, which is what we really need is a guy who can cover both sides. We need a Glenn Johnson only good. <laughs> Glenn Johnson for the six months he was at Portsmouth. Yeah, like a Glenn but. Johnson who's actually good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh one of the things that the I guess the fullbacks, and I guess maybe Trent is really kind of being ex- I don't want to say exposed more, but I guess it is. He's exposed to it more. Is uh we're defending a lot more. We're not pressing teams as higher up the pitch. Um what what kind of impacts do you guys think it's having? I mean, I, I think the, the conventional wisdom is that we're trading off uh chaos for control. Um, and, and I want to know if you guys kind of, uh, you know, really kind of see it that way and agree that that's exactly what we're doing. So, um, I mean, Kev, do you, you know, you're, you're, you're a stats guy. Do you, do you buy into it or do you think that it's just, uh, there's something that's just not quite firing? Um, honestly, I think it's a bit of both right now. Um, I think it was definitely by design. If, if that's part of the question, um, we, we looked like we were on more of the defensive, side of the game we weren't really opening up like last year we was just like yeah we're just gonna outgun you even if you score like we don't care um because we have three forwards that are scoring you know 20 30 goals each so <laughs> so who cares but and i think maybe Klopp and team and maybe this is part of their long-term plan in general was like okay so we we can do that and we can get to a certain level but if we want to do this thing and we want to win everything we need to you know, work on the other side as well. So I think we looked, this is my guess, is we looked at the schedule and went, okay, Liverpool has arguably the worst first nine, ten games, or, you know, at least up there. We need to get at maximum points we can out of that, and the only way we're going to do that is if everybody's on their game defensively. And I think that's what we did, and points don't lie. And we kind of had, we've had the best start we've had in a Premier League season, I believe. Yeah, um, so... You know, that it's, it's justified that we did that. The problem is that we've been doing that so long now. We're trying to switch back the other way. I think we're trying to switch back the other way and we're not sort of hitting the marks that we should be. And some of that, some hangover on certain players. I think Bobby's looking pretty off of his usual game. Mo is playing fine. He's, he's doing great, actually. Uh, Mane is kind of hot and cold right now, uh, depending on what it is. But we have players like Shaq and those guys that come in and, and, and mix it up and, and are, are helping the team. But I mean, the, the board doesn't lie. We're in second place. I'd like to be in first. Absolutely. But, um, I think it was by design, but I think it were also not exactly firing the way we should be right now. Um, and I think that kind of bores itself out in the stats too. Like we're, you know, we're dead on what our expected goals should be pretty much for the league. And, um, we're overperforming in our defense for expected goals against. So, and that's a lot to do with Van Dyke's influence and it's a lot to do with how Klopp has structured the team. So, I mean, I have no problem with it. I just hope we, we get back to the offensive game as well, um, going forward because we're going to need it. Yeah. Joey, I mean, where, where are you on this? Do you, do you want to see, do you think that first off the press is gone or do you think that we are, you know, just not getting the results from it that we used to. I actually think there's a ton of validity of what, what Kevin said. Um, I just called you Kevin. Sorry, I don't call it. I never call you Kevin. So, so I was actually going to make a comment of that, but then I, yeah, bit, I my, bit my tongue. I was like, oh, that's weird. yeah, I was like, why did I just call him Kevin? So <laughs> that's because that that's the tired of me. So I, I just if if it if I've heard the under pressure guys talk about it a lot. If it is a plan, if that was the plan, it's obviously like Kev said, it's worked perfectly. Um, 
almost perfectly, I guess. I mean, there's really nothing you can do about City. They're just a difficult animal, and you're not going to outscore them. So goal differential means absolutely nothing. Um, you know, it's just not going to happen, and that's that's just a fact. It sucks, but it is what it is. I mean, I don't know if teams have figured that out. Um, we can use it at times, and you know, it, are they are they trying to save it to to save bodies to get through a full season to try to win it? If that if that's Klopp and his his staff's plan, then it's a it's a smart plan, because we saw at the end of last season guys were dead. You know, we went through a whole Champions League campaign. Um, but we scraped fourth because you know you guys you, you saw guys just I mean they weren't they had no energy uh, and that's you know if that, again if that's the plan then and I'm we okay actually with did it. that last season because you remember yeah. the beginning of last season we were slow we were very slow yeah and it's and again it doesn't always have to look pretty like I know but that's that's part of the problem people are used to seeing like the chaos and it's like oh yeah we want to score four or five goals but you know we'd also don't want to ship like two three goals either. You know, we don't want to do that. And by doing that, that is how you lose points because you can't score four, three, four, five goals a game. I don't care who you are. It just doesn't – you won't do it versus every team. You're going to have off days. Guys are going to miss chances. It's all part of any sport. It's not just soccer. And, and you know, I see a lot of stuff on the internet that's like, well, this guy missed that chance. And I'm, and I'm probably guilty of it too. I probably said it too. Like, oh, how could you miss that? But it's – you know, it is, it is what it is. You're not going to bury every chance and – you know, if they start ramping up the press, um, you know, say the, the holiday festive period around December, January, and because they're going to need it. There's a lot. There's a lot of games coming up. You know, you got Watford, then you have PSG, and then the, the games come, as the Brits like to say, thick and fast, which is really weird. But I'm going <laughs> to say it. Um, oh, a lot of British term, British terminology weirds me out, but that's a funny one. So I, yeah, I don't. I mean, again, like Kev said, it it's worked. You can't argue that what they've done so far has worked because we're second points, you know, and that's 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 the object of winning is to collect points. It, it's not it's not like it's been all ugly like we're getting lucky. But if you if you look at stats, if you look at XG, if you look at all that stuff, um, and I'm not even a huge stats guy, but there are certain ones that I really really follow that I really really trust. And if you look at those, it does bore out that hey, like this is what clearly what they're trying to do but i mean I, klopp has a history of running guys in the ground too at dortmund let's not forget that you know like he, he does so i don't i don't want that to happen to the guys here so i i'm 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 kind i'm calm i'm actually totally calm with what's going on i just hope that you know we could that city slips up and we keep going and man we could use a fucking title i mean <laughs> it, it, it's just a shame like i mean kev said it and i was talking to somebody about it on twitter it's like you it's deflating when you have literally the best start in a Premier League season. And you're in second. And you're in second because that fucking team 30 minutes away from you just, they're, you know, and it's people are like, it's the spending and the spending and the spending. And I get it, it is, but they just do it so well. They, it's, it, they're the anti United. They put together a team. And remember, they're doing this without their best player. So it's a little bit deflating. Yeah. I mean, it is a little bit deflating. So, I just what? don't think some people realize how good this Manchester City team is. No, they're they're, they're, they're the best they're team in Europe. They're one of the best teams I've ever seen. Yeah, I think you're right, Justin. I, I really and bearing any more injuries, I, and I think you said they're the best team in Europe. I'm pretty sure that's what you said, Justin. Yeah. I, I think I I think it I I, I think it, they're going to be very hard to beat. Like one of the yes. things that I think that we need to keep in mind when we're talking about City too is going to be later in the season. Every team is worn down. How do they cope with the pressure of? trying to win the Champions League because that's what they're going after, right? They obviously want to win the league, right? They They want to win every competition they play in. But you have to think that the Champions League presents a much bigger reward to them and, uh, you know, their management and... uh, Oh, no question. I'd say ownership, but Sheikh Mansour has been doing exactly one game because I don't think he gives a shit. (laughs) Um, He doesn't. And there are clearly something... There's shady business going on there, but... I mean, let's. I don't like it, but there's shady business that goes on in all those big clubs. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to take away from their recruitment and from no, the, yeah, yeah, that, the money that is my, the shady part. Yeah, that was my next point. Like people who say Pep's not a good coach because he just buys whatever he wants. This is the telltale right now. Like, look at what he's put. Look what he's done with this team. Look how good. And I hate, I'm not turning this to a city podcast, so I apologize <laughs> for this. But I I always see people complaining. It's just money, money, money. When it, Look what he's done to David Silva's career. 
Davidson Silva is like 30, 32, 33 years old. He's playing the best soccer of his life, probably. There's a reason for that. Horace you know Placenta? I mean? Well, that might be one of them. But it's because his H-G-H. manager puts him uh, That could be another. Barry, <laughs> Barry Bonds is their new trainer. Um, but you know what? He puts guys in positions to win. But, yeah, I know I, I go off topic. I apologize, guys. I do it all the time. But, yeah, I mean, I, I love the position that I'm in. If we end up second to the best team in Europe at the moment, I'm not going to cry about it. Just, you know, shoot. I mean, there are there are other players out there who we clearly wanted. We wanted a Belfic here. There are guys out there who we wanted. So go get some more really good players. Make your starting 11 even that much better, which may, that in turn makes your bench better. I mean, we have Shakiri coming off our bench who would start for a lot of teams, not just in the Premier League, but in Europe. He would. I mean, he, it's just a, it's a fact, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, it, I happen to completely agree with you that Shakir would probably start for a lot of teams in Europe. But that said, he's having trouble, you know, getting regular, a regular run of games in our midfield. And mm-hmm. I think it's because basically, I don't think that the manager right now knows what his best midfield is and his best deployment of those midfielders. So right now, basically the two that are talked about is the 4-2-3-1 and the 4-3-3. Um, flat, you know, the, the 4-3-3 being a pretty flat three as well, where it's just, one guy's playing center and then, you know, two of the other guys are flanking him, just covering another side, but neither one, neither, none of them are specialists as one of you is the box to box, one of you is holding and one of you is attacking. Um, versus, you know, that 4-2-3-1 with a double pivot, which obviously then just has two people in the center and, you know, a, 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 a number 10 basically playing there. Um, I, I know that this is rudimentary explaining, uh, formations to our already knowledgeable listener base, but I guess the, uh, I guess the question is, if if you're looking at those two particular uh, formations, what wh- what do you think the best deployment of our midfield is? Because this is one of those uh, this is one of those discussions about who plays well in a three, who plays well in a two, and how is that working for us? So, Kev, I mean, what wh- wh- let's go with the four three three because we've been playing that longer right now. Although Klopp has played a, more of a four two three one in his career, what do you think our best four three 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 is? Ugh. Um... If we're playing, I mean, if we're playing the flat three that we've been playing since sort of the beginning of the season, it it's, doesn't really matter. <laughs> you, need some, you just need players with legs. So it's, I mean, if I if I had to pick the team, I would go something like. Uh, it's tough because I, you kind of waste Keita in a flat three. I think like he can do a lot of he could do a lot of everything, which is impressive. So you've seen some of it. he could play he could probably play defensive midfielder, like to be honest. But I know he's little, but um, I think so he's so Kante. Yeah, that's true. I guess he's, but I feel like he's kind of wasted there. So I would probably yeah. do something like Fabinho, Genie, and Milner. Maybe Henderson. You can switch Milner and Henderson around whenever they need a rest. But I think Fab and Genie play well together. I think. Um, I think they'll show up in both systems, um, but I guess yeah, my I guess my flat three would be Fab, Genie, and and Milner if they're all rested and and ready to go. Just be just because I I, I want it to be Fab, Genie, and Keita, but if it's just going to be flat, if we're playing last year's, I would do Fab, Genie, Keita, definitely. But if we're playing this flat, I might just throw Milner in just for coverage. He's good at covering the fullbacks. So yeah, and, and Joey, how about you? For the just the four the three flat three? the flat four three three flat four three three. Um, I can tell you one. Adam Alana's going no near, nowhere near my team. Um, <laughs> I, I you know it's funny because it's it, I do Justin you brought up a good point like it, it's almost like the manager doesn't know, which is crazy to say. He's he just not decisive enough on who is the three guys out there. But you know it's a shame that Ox is hurt because he would be one, but he's hurt yeah. so we can't use him. Um, it's it like you said, Kev. You need legs. I, I don't. If you you can't use Milner and Henderson, they're basically the, not the same player, but they're basically doing the same thing in that system. I, I would use Genie, although when you watch him play for um, Netherlands, it's su- such a different player. Right. And playing forward, further forward, as you can see, he, he's he's got a lot of skill up there. So I don't know why Klopp doesn't do that with him. He likes to play him in the six, which is he's been good there. But I I just further forward he would look better so my, my three would be a combination of Fabinho Wijnaldum and either Henderson and well 
Keita, I like Keita better than the two because I think he he should be an eight. Like a, he should more of a box he's more box. talented than the two. I just don't know how to play him in this system. This is probably why Klopp has a problem too. Yeah, well, if you just switch to the four-two-three-one, you can play him further forward because I think that's his best position. I don't think yeah. he should, you know, he, let him use his creativity. Isn't that why you bought him? Why would you spend that much money on him? So, just a flat three-three. I, I have to go Genie. Fabinho and neither Jordan Henderson. So you got Shakiri too. It's a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> but Shakiri, I mean, Shikiri, I don't think Shakiri can play in the flat three. No, no. he can't because he's not going to defend and is, and he's not going to run run like the other guys. So it's got to be either it's got to be Fabinho, Wijnaldum. It's either it's either between Henderson and Milner. They're the only two guys. Um, Henderson. If Henderson didn't have the damn injuries, I would say Hendo. But I'm going to go Milner. Okay, see, uh, see, with me, it's I think Henderson in the four three three is actually the one I probably go to first because of the fact that he's probably the most well versed in playing in it in the way in which we play. That doesn't necessarily mean he makes the greatest impact, but I think he keeps you the most compact from a perspective of the three in midfield shape. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that Henderson like. I, I get driven nuts by the Henderson versus whoever conversations because it's, it's, it's annoying. It's annoying and it's ultimately disrespectful to Jordan Henderson, who is a perfectly good yet not great footballer. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's good. That's, that's yeah, basically it, it. He's good. You know what's funny? It's, I, I started to cut you off. I saw a Brundish tweet. I, I might have been this morning or Simon Brundish for, for those, most people listening to this probably know who he is, but. He actually tweeted out statistics from, I think it was 13-14 season, um, and how he was essentially overused, and that, you know, you see it with basketball players a lot. They get minutes, get played, and then they get shot by like a couple of years, and it looks like that's what's happened to Henderson. But if you remember Jordan Henderson, and I'm not, I'm not making him out to be like a phantom great player, but he was very good uh, in that I wanted season. Him in, that, he, in that particular game. season, he was great. Yeah. He was. He was very good, and he and he played those forward passes. I've been watching a lot of that season over, and he just looks like a completely different player. And when you get injuries and you can't run anymore like you used to be able to, you can't do those things anymore. So I, I in a sense, like I, he does get way too much criticism, and I've criticized him before too. When you watch him go out there, you're like, I I, I don't know what he's doing, but. Um, sorry, Jess, go back to your flat three. I apologize. Yeah, no, no, I, I, get, I, I saw the same exact statistics too. And you know what it is? Um, I think it's Hen- I think there's a lot of things with Hendo that have done him no justice, starting with how Klopp actually uses him. Um, mm-hmm. because he's just not a controlling midfielder. But, um, I would probably go with Henderson and basically if you're, if you're playing with Henderson, I just want mobility next to him. So I'm probably going Henderson, Genie, and, uh, Probably Kada. Um, I know that it wastes Kada, but I, 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 I want Pete, I, I need someone else who can move to cover the spaces that Henderson won't. I mean, Makes sense. Kada can do, as I said, he can kind of do everything. I just feel bad playing him in. The, yeah, it, it's not, it's not, the best, should, it's not actually, the best formation for him. But, you know. No, it's not. And Klopp knows that. And, and again, you spend $90 million on a guy who you know who can, he can produce if he's but given also, the opportunity. It's a good so. point because also, even in the flat three, Milner's, though we played in the beginning of the season, Milner's the most creative player. So you actually need somebody, at least one of them, that's going to sling balls forward. Well, that's the problem um, we're having right now with, the, yeah. with that with that formation. That is the problem. It's the no creativity. It's like it's, you know, where's it coming from when you don't play a guy? If James Milner, if J- and this is not taking anything away from James Milner, but if he's your most creative midfielder out of the ones we have, I'd say the formation's probably not right. Right. And I know he was, the guys over at StatsBomb did like a, um, I think they were doing a write up on the progress, uh, ball progressors. And yeah, Milner shows that. up on their lists all the time. He does. Yeah. Mil- Milner is a, is an underrated actual probable. This is going to be weird because it just, it just gives me the sheer amount of games he's played. He's mm-hmm. an underrated all time Premier League great player. He is. He is. Just without ever have, just without ever being a star. Right. Exactly, and you don't need to score a bunch of goals. I think I think that's what a lot of people fall in the trap to. And it's, again, with every sports, you don't have to score a ton of goals and have a ton of assists. It's what you do for your team. And you know, he was he was a big part of those Man City teams. Asked, you know, he was on Leeds. He's been on a lot of teams, but he, he's just like you said, he's he's been more than a solid player his whole career. Which is there used to be a 
there used to be a website. I don't know if it still exists. It was called Every Team Needs a Ron. And it was about, it basically was alluding to Harry Potter. Like you can buy a bunch of Harry Potters, but you still need a Ron to make it work. <laughs> I think James Milner is our Ron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you Makes just sense. Need, you need those guys that are just going to do the work for the team no matter what it is. And I, and I also want to clarify one thing before some shithead tweets back at me about this, if they listen to it and take offense to this. When I say James Milner's an all-time great Premier League like midfielder, I don't mean that James Milner's making my first 11 of all my first 11 all-time as like one of the three midfield spots. So like chill. Yeah. It's a shame like have to uh, that, yeah. But allow me a little bit of hyperbole. Yeah, yeah it's just <laughs> a shame. He's been a very good player for an extremely long time. Yeah, for a number of teams. Yeah. Including a team that's won a title. Mm-hmm. So the other formation, obviously, the four-two-three-one. I think this one picks itself out a bit more, but I guess the real question here is just why don't we use it more? Because it seems to be a fit for quite a bit of our personnel. Like, am I wrong in thinking that it's a two? Uh, that that it's not just a two of uh, of Keda and Fabinho, and that probably is also what most of us want to see. That's what I want to see. I'd like to see it a couple of times just to see how it works, because I'm wondering. So here's my problem when we originally started talking about when I was originally thinking about this, when we were talking about what we were going to talk about today um, is we've seen Fab and Genie, right? And they do it pretty well. It seems they have attributes that they can do it. And Genie looks very comfortable next to Fabinho. And he looks more of the player, even though he's playing a defensive role, he looks more of the player with confidence that you see for, for the Netherlands. I'm wondering if that is the combination and you move Keita into the three. Um, because again, he can do a bit of everything. But then, if you move him into the three, who are you dropping out of the three? <laughs> like, okay. for me, it's very difficult for me to decide who the best. It's more difficult for me to decide who the best four-two-three-one is than it is the four-three-three. Okay, I, I will, I will, I will refute why I think you have, why I think you have Keda and Genie in the wrong positions. Okay, Genie closer to goal does things really, really well, mm-hmm. but he's not going to break through two lines dribbling. No, Kada can break through or multiple lines. Yeah, Kada can break through multiple lines, dribbling or passing. He he can break a defense down for, from much deeper, which obvious, which obviously we both know, all of us know, creates a lot more space for your attackers. Yeah. You're probably right because even watching what, the little we've done it so far, they sort of take turns breaking the lines, and one of them kind of because it was weird to see Fabinho standing up next to like Mane, and Mane's so much <laughs> shorter than him. I know, <laughs> but uh. But yeah, so I guess if they're playing, if we're playing like that style, where it's just like as long as we know our role and one of us stays, then yeah, I guess you're right because Keita can, with by dribbling or by passing, he's gonna break a couple of lines for you. So yeah, and then Joey, what 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 do you want to see? Is it the is it the uh, the three that we've all been speaking about? Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to see. I want to see Keita further forward because I think that's where he's best suited, and I think that's where you use a guy like that. Um, Fabinho as a defensive midfielder. And um, who did you guys say? Genie um, playing what box to box? I actually want I actually want the two of uh, I want Keita doing kind of more box to box and Fabinho okay. holding with Genie actually further forward. Do you want okay. Genie in the three? I want um, G- I want right Genie side? I want Genie playing someplace in the four. You gotta remember also though when we're attacking that structure is a lot more defensive. Yeah, we're attacking it close. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and that's the whole thing of like formations. It's just a starting formation. It's going to move all the time. Because um, I think if you wanted to bl- say you really wanted to blow a team out, like if we were just like we want to win this game eight nothing, you'd play Fab and Keita, and then the three lads, and then Sturridge. As what? As a, as a ten, or Firmino as a ten, and Sturridge as a nine. Firmino as the ten, Sturridge as the nine, Salah on the right. Mane yeah, on the left. Mane on the left. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, that's just that's, once. I want to see it. Just once. Like I, I, eh, I I'd rather see play the, Van Dyke as the nine. <laughs> yeah, let him play up front. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I he mean, when Ono, today. he did, and so did Genie. Genie yeah. has Genie has a lot of skill in front of the goal. He has everywhere. He just Klopp does Klopp doesn't play him there. I, I you know, I there would be there would be quite there would be questions I would love to hear asked and answered. Um, All right. But you don't you you know the the British media is just fucking truly awful. Um, <laughs> I hate to, I hate to be a dick like that, but they're fucking truly awful. Like the questions they ask are like, what the fuck are you asking these questions for? 
And even when they, you know, they get one-on-ones with the players, I don't. That's not like me. I don't really care what the fucking players say because it's all like the same thing. More most of the time, it's the same thing. But yeah, and the four-two-three-one, I got. I got, for me, it's just Nabby up further. But I'm okay with what you said, Justin, with having Genie up further because I think he's got the skill to really do stuff there. That's totally fine with me. Like I said, just Adam Lalana. I don't want to see anywhere near the team, and. I hope Ox can come back because he adds so much to either to both formations. Yeah. Um, he's so important. I just you know that that knee injury is devastating. I'm kind of. I mean, I've he was gave an interview where he said he'd like to be at the end of the year, but I've sort of re- wrote him off. I hope yeah. he just gets the right recovery and we can have him back next year. He's still young and he's hopefully if he comes back anyway decent, he'll be an asset. Oh, massive! Yeah, I mean, what's he like? Twenty five? He was born yeah, in ninety he's born in ninety three, I think. So it's. Yeah, you know, he, and he's and in both those formations, he can, like he literally can be just he just drives up he drives the players, you know. And that's what's if you're a defender, what's the one thing you don't want coming at you? A guy who's fast and can dribble. Yeah, you know, like you don't want that. I don't care yeah. who you are, you don't. And want he's that. like he's like a little brick shit house too. Like, yes, he <laughs> he's like imagine really having him and Shagiri running at you. Yeah, um, you don't want that. Yeah. Close control so, dribbling. That's not what you want. So Justin, you're thinking you want. Genie, Bobby, Mane, Salah, up as Salah as the nine. Um, I I want actually Salah playing wide. I, I I want him in more space to do more. I feel like he does more damage in more space. He definitely. I think he does more damage coming in, cutting in yeah. from the right. For sure. I think, so who do you want up in the nine then, Bobby? I want Bobby. I want Bobby playing the number nine. I think it works. I think it really. I I think the closer you put him to goal the more he actually starts to smell blood and actually tries to force other teams into errors further up the pitch. All right. Like, so now you, so you, make, you convinced me on Keita, to be honest, but I, I, I was thinking Keita as more of the 10. But now you've sort of con- changed my mind. Yeah, I mean, because if you think of it also, Genie is an extremely good presser. And playing him right behind Bobby, where Genie also finds... We, we saw it when Genie first arrived. He always had to find himself into really good positions. He manages to find the right place really often. So like, That's what he is. He yeah. did in preseason, too, when he let him play for, further forward. He scored a goal. So I want to harness that. Yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, like I said, he does it for the Netherlands. He's done it like the last two games they played. He scored goals, and I believe. He's done, he's done it for his career, really. I, mean, it was, I think last yeah. year we, we put him at the New six because everybody was fucking hurt. Yeah, and then he ha- and then he had a great game against Manchester City, and Klopp was like, "Oh, hello, like yeah. <laughs> here's somebody else." Didn't then, realize you could do that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's just a talented athlete, really, and he's just I don't know. He, he's I, a, he- I mean, I think he also might be um, our tactically at this point smartest player. He, yeah, he's clever. He's definitely, he's definitely one, one of those guys. That's why he's up there for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you can play that 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 many multiple positions, you have to be up there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Milner, just clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just knows where to be. We've yeah, seen him play at center back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if we had Milner when he was like 26 or 27, Klopp could have really done something with him special, I think. He changed um, the game against us when we played City in 13-14. He did. I mean, I know we ended up winning that game, but he came on. I've never seen a player, like a substitution, do the shit that he did to us. Because yeah. just as soon as he came on, it opened up Silva, and they just – they were all over us. And until Coutinho scored, I was like, we're going to lose this game. Yeah. But, okay. yeah. So I'm going to leave us with this particular thought in that, uh, that, that 3-2 win against City in, tw- in uh, April 2014. I've never seen anything more scared than my dog after the Coutinho goal. <laughs> Coutinho! <laughs> the dog just takes off. Unbelievable, that goal. Yeah. Unbelievable. But um, before, we, before we leave, there, there is one question I've been dying to ask all of you. I was trying my hardest to not mention he who shall not be named, my, my favorite player in Liverpool history, one Mr. Adam Lallana. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but now that, now that he's on my head, I got, I got to know. He's been a man of multiple different haircuts. Which one thus far has been your favorite? We've got oh. – so there's Normie Lallana where he just looks like a normal guy. Normie Lallana. You've got Frosted Tips Lallana, which was this summer. You had Man Bun Lallana. That was bad. Which which one? Which one? Which one? Uh, I mean, like obviously, Normie Lalana is probably the most uh, conventionally handsome. But uh, which 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 one would you guys go with? I go I go Normie Lalana. No facial hair. His facial hair is fucking awful. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's not great. No, oh, wait, it's not. There's also not only man, long hair, or man bun Lalana, but there's also long hair, no bun Lalana. Yeah, I can't. You know, I for you know, great. It's awesome that he has an awesome head of hair, but he's just so far removed. Like he, he's he not useful for this team anymore, and hasn't been for a couple of years. So, um, yeah, I'm just going. The, you know, he's a handsome fella. Good for him. But you can fuck off somewhere else, somewhere else. You know, you're, <laughs> you're useless to us, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I, I'm still sick to my stomach that Klopp brought him on in the Champions League final for 70 fucking minutes and couldn't realize that the dude can't do anything against a, a, a Real Madrid team. And it was a complete waste of time. But now, yeah. now I'm just going down a bad spot where I don't want to be. Hole. I just I don't wanted want to you to talk there. about his hair, man. I know. I, I just can't help it because <laughs> I just I thought that was the dumbest thing ever and I sat there and watched it and I just we were so close and you bring Solanke on. I don't give a fuck. You can't bring that dude on and play in the front three. Everybody, if a Liverpool, every Liverpool fan knows that, the coach should too. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I shouldn't have said that, but fuck hey, it, whatever. Hey, Kev, what's your favorite Adam Lallana hairstyle? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I'd like the, uh, I like the frosted tips, Lilana, but only when the person <laughs> photoshopped Mount Fuji on it, <laughs> because it looked just like Mount Fuji on his head. <laughs> it still makes me laugh every time I see it. It's so good. So I'm going to go with the uh, frosted tips, Lilana. Yeah. Sit, see, sitting on the bench. Um, I, I, I think I'm long hair, Lilana. I think that it was, uh. It, it dovetailed to the point in time within which he managed to actually uh, play probably at his best. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to associate that with the, you know, you take the good times, you take the bad times. Yeah. He's a useful player, just not for us. That's like, yeah, he's just going to have not, a career doesn't fit in this team anymore. if he really wanted to. We've moved past him. Like, it's not that. That's what it is. Yep. Yeah. Klopp got the best out of him, and now we move past him. And now he's broken. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I wouldn't even say Klopp got the best out of him. To be honest with you, I, I would I would debate that, but that's for a whole nother pod. So yeah, yeah I'm probably more likely to say that this Pochettino who got the best out of him. Yeah, yeah I would. I would agree. Yeah, because we agree. paid for him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So uh, before we go, any you guys you guys got anything to plug? No. Happy Thanksgiving, no. everybody who celebrates it. And if you don't, even my British parents used to celebrate Thanksgiving. So get with it. Nice. Yeah, I'm kind of with the same thing with Kev. Like, um, not a whole lot. Just would love to do the NBA thing again, but I just I don't think it's going to happen, which sucks because that's my favorite sport. But other than that, no, just happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and be safe wherever you're going. Yeah. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Network.